Hello and welcome to the Undead Wookiee Podcast, episode 28, a Christmas horror special. <laughs> Hello, I am your host, Hugh Lloyd, and the Undead Wookiee is a fortnightly-ish podcast focusing on horror and sci-fi, but there will be time where we dip into other genres because here on the Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Thank you for joining me. And as the the silly season is upon us and Christmas is fast, fast galloping towards us, I thought I would take this opportunity to uh, record us a, a brief uh, episode uh, on this one because it's only me talking and uh, I don't want to bore you to tears. So what we're going to be doing on the, this episode, I'm going to be going through my top five horror Christmas movies, my favourite horror at Christmas, uh, my top five that is, and uh, we'll be dipping into a What the Wookiee Watch section as well. So uh, let's kick it off with my uh, my top five. And my number five is a Christmas horror story from 2015. So let's uh, let's check out the trailer. Christmas. Christmas. The most magical time of year. Now tell me we will find the perfect Christmas tree. It's Christmas. Christmas is all about forgiveness and family and tradition. Santa, lots of kids are depending on tonight going off without a hit. But in Bailey Downs this Christmas, it's different. Exactly one year ago, last Christmas Eve, the school was the scene of an unimaginable crime. You still want to go down there just for some stupid school assignment? I get through any door in the school. This is Krampus, right? What's a Krampus? He's like an anti-Santa Claus, a demon who punishes the naughty. He whips them, chains them up, stuff like that. That's fun. It's the elves. I fear they may all become infected. How did it all come to this? Bring the changeling back to the forest. That ain't your son. Did you not see what he did? The atmosphere here in Bailey Downs is truly grim this holiday season. Okay, that was the trailer for A Christmas Horror Story from 2015. Um, It was directed by Grant Harvey and Stephen Hoban and Brett Sullivan. It was also written by Jason Filtrout, James Key, Sarah Larson, Doug Taylor and Pascal Trottier. So I hope I've said those names right. Um, I do apologize if I don't. Um, But... uh, it's basically we've got a portmanteau style um anthology type setup um i think it's a great 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 uh um a great addition to it i love it i think it's absolutely superb um basically we've got intervo- interwoven stories um 
taking place all on Christmas Eve. Um, it's held together by a radio uh, DJ um, on a you know who's been you know who gets progressively drunker as the show goes on. You've got a family who uh, brings home more than a Christmas tree. You've got Santa um, taking on zombie elves. You've got a Christmas spirit uh, terrorizing people. You've got um, a, a documentary story um, that turns into a living. I really, really like this film. It is very, very clever. It's got some really good moments in it. It's very, very funny. Um, it's got William Shatner in it. It's got the Shat in it. You can't go wrong with William Shatner in it. He's absolutely brilliant. Um, you've got George Buzzer as a fairly um, psychotic, amped-up, uh, ass-kicking Santa. Uh, you've got Rob Archer, um, who I think does a brilliant job and brings a wonderful physicality to the role of Krampus. You've got uh, Zoe DeGrand as Mason in one of the stories. You've got Alex Ozeroff, uh, Shannon Cook, Amy Forsyth. Jeff Clark. It's got a really, really, really good, strong cast. Um, the changeling-type story um, in the film is really, really good. It's really good. It's really quite. It's quite. It's quite chilling at moments. Um, yeah. So that is a Christmas horror story, and that's my number five. Now, next up on my uh, my little Christmas list is the <laughs> I I um, I was a bit sort of torn about where to put this one um uh, because uh, I don't I like it but at the same time it is not a great film um and of course it has to be Jack Frost from 1997 and don't get this mixed up with the horrific Michael Keaton uh, movie. This is not. This is Jack Frost from 1997. So let's uh, let's check out the trailer. One cold night, science and evil collide. Oh yeah. Serial killer is on the loose. We hadn't even tested the acid on an amoeba, let alone a human cell. This is a disaster. Look, I just saw something that doesn't belong in this world, and it's out there killing my friends. Now tell me what it is. Jack Frost. I think Jack's about to make an entrance. And he's giving cold blooded a whole new meaning. Hell has just frozen over. Blow me. It's such a ridiculous film. It is just a ridiculous, ridiculous film. 
um, that, well, I... Right, okay, cards on the table. I discovered this film um, via its 3D cover um, in a Blockbuster's rental uh, uh, place when I was about... I think I must have been about 17 or 18. And I remember watching it um, after coming back from a, a, a late-night Christmas party and being um, somewhat intoxicated at the time of watching it. Um <laughs> It's ju- just listening back to the trailer and sort of recently looking at it again. It's just it, it's an insane film. Um, it was directed by uh, Michael Cooney. It was written by Jeremy Page and uh, Michael Cooney. Uh, it starred Scott McDonald, Christopher Alport, Stephen Mendel, F. William Parker, uh, Eileen Seeley, uh, Rob LaBelle, uh, Zach Eggington, Jack Linden, Kelly Jane Peters. Um, and it's the story of a serial killer uh, who is on his way to being executed. Um, however, <laughs> it's just so bloody stupid. Um, uh, but he somehow ends up becoming this um, genetically mutated um, snowman uh following a car accident it's insane it's absolutely bonkers um this film has a very very loose definition of what acting should be um it's got some really good kills though it has it's got some insane kills and if it, it's it's late night uh you've been wrapped in the presents you're exhausted the kids are in bed or you come home after that office christmas party and you're looking for something very very silly to watch and very entertaining um put it on um you won't be disappointed. Do not expect Citizen Kane. Do not, It's not that type of film. It is ridiculous. But I really, really enjoy watching this film. It's, um, <laughs> it just makes me laugh every single time. I mean, the fact that the, you know, the killer is actually called Jack, Fro- uh, Jack Frost is, you know, it is, you can just shut your brain off. You can watch it. Um, you know, ignore the fact that it's got like, I think it's like four, five, I think it's 7% on Rotten Tomatoes. Completely ignore that. It is, you know, you can watch it for, I think if you've got Amazon Prime, you can watch it on Amazon Prime. It's well worth it. I really, really enjoy this one. Uh, <laughs> so that was my number four. Now, um, my number three, and I'm sure at some point we'll come back and we'll cover this. I will probably cover most of these again at some point on the show in more detail, but uh, my number three is The Nightmare Before Christmas from 1993. Let's check out the trailer. Welcome to an extraordinary world filled with magic and wonder. Open your mind. And let yourself go to a place where every day is Halloween and every night Jack Skellington I am the Pumpkin King! Dreams of something different. What is this? It's someplace new. Jack, look out! What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This is a What is this? 
Haven't you heard of peace on Earth and goodwill toward men? <laughs> Touchstone Pictures presents the enchanting story of two very special dreamers and the holiday spirit that brought them together. From the imagination of Tim Burton comes The Nightmare Before Christmas. And what did Santa bring you, honey? Okay, um, that was the sublime uh, trailer for The Nightmare Before Christmas uh, from 1993. Um, oh, God, I love this film. It is just, it is, it's just magnificent. It really, really is. Um, and, of course, I need to say this now because, you know, everybody says Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas. You know, the, the thing we have to remember is Tim Burton wrote the story. Okay, he created the characters. He wrote the story. Um, it was adapted uh, f- um, b- uh, by Michael McDowell. Um, the screenplay was written by um, Caroline Thompson, and of course, it was by you know the story was uh, originated by Tim Burton, um, but it was directed by Henry Selick, who does a superb job with this film. It's absolutely superb. Um, of course, you have um, the role of Jack Skellington is jointly played in this, and I think you cannot sort of because I think the, the two performances are intertwined together. I think you, you know uh, you have Danny Elfman as the you know the the fantastic composer Danny Elfman um, as the voice of Jack uh, uh, Jack Skellington, and of course the speaking uh, part of it is done by uh, you know the wonderful Chris Sarandon. Um, I mean, the cast in this is fantastic. You've got Catherine o- uh, O'Hara as Sally. Uh, you've got William Hickey. Uh, you've got Glenn Shaddix. You've got Paul Rubens as Lock, Pee Wee Herman himself. Ken Page as Oogie Boogie. This is a wonderful, wonderful piece of um, anima- you know, stop-motion animation. Um, you know, it, 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 it also works. Uh, you know, it is a fantastically beautiful musical as well. Um, the number, I think this is probably one of uh, Elfman's best scores. I think vocally as well, he gives a wonderful performance. You know, the uh, you know Jack's lament is just is it, so touching. It's so wonderful, um, and I think uh, the uh, Ken Page's Oogie Boogie is he's, he's just wonderfully evil. It is a great, great, great Christmas film. And it's one of those. It's 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 a it's a wonderful family film for everybody to sit round uh, and, and enjoy. Um, it's not higher on my list because I think you know I think it's one of those things that does suffer from being overplayed and overwatched. And I think people come up, become a little bit desensitized to it. And I think all the Jack merchandise and everything else it's it, it's out there. But um, I love it. Um, you know, and I play. I you know I regularly play the soundtrack. This is a magnificent film uh, and it should be watched uh, every single Halloween Um, now my next on the list which um, will come as um, a little bit of a surprise I suppose to some people but it is Krampus from 2015 let's check out the trailer 
It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle bells. Merry Christmas! Looks like Martha Stewart threw up in here. This is delicious, honey. A little dry. Well, mine's delicious. Mine's dry. Do you want to trade? It's the It's Christmas. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Look at it. With those holiday greetings and greetings. How are we going to survive Christmas with 12 people stuck in a house with no heat and no electricity? Or food. There's plenty of leftovers, Howard. Beer it is. That's the weirdest thing. There's no cars, no people. How long can this keep up? heard something on the roof. What the hell is this? St. Nicholas is not coming this year. Instead, a much darker ancient spirit. Those are hooves. Elk or a goat? What kind of goat walks on its hind legs? His name is Krampus. He and his helpers did not come to give, but to take. Everybody, hold on to each other. He is the shadow of Saint Nicholas. I gotta say, I'm just a big fan of this film. I absolutely love this. Um, I missed the theatrical run, and I remember my wife uh, and I, we were sat down, and we weren't expecting anything of it, and we were just totally, totally blown away by this film. Uh, it's got a fantastic cast. It's got, um, you know, Adam Scott, who I think is a really, really good actor. I really enjoy his performances. Um, you've got Tony Collette. You've got... Uh, David Kushner, um, or Co- Kushner, I'm not sure you, but he, you know, obviously, you know, most people remember him from Anchorman. He's absolutely superb. Uh, you've got Alison Tomlin, you've got MJ Anthony, you've got Stephanie Lavin Owen, you've got Krista Stadler, uh, you've got Conchita uh, Farrell, um, who's, you know, most people remember from Two and a Half Men. Uh, you've got Maverick Flatch, you've got Queenie Samuel, you know, you've got uh, Luke Hawker who does a fantastic uh, uh, he play you know as Krampus he's absolutely superb he is the um, his physicality and, and amongst all that makeup is brilliant you know Seth Green even appears as lumpy in this um, it was directed by Michael Doherty uh, it was written by Todd Casey and m- again by Michael Doherty and Zach Shields this is a great, great film. I mean, in short, you have, you know, it's about a young boy who accidentally summons 
the evil spirit or the punishing uh, demon that is Krampus. This film has um, a, uh, a richly cynical uh, streak running through it. Um, but it also delivers a real punch. And I'm not going to go into too many spoilers on these films because I think, you know, there are some of them that some people, you know, lots of people like Nightmare Before Christmas, lots of people would have seen it. And there's not too much you can spoil about that. But I certainly don't want to spoil this one for anybody who hasn't seen it. I think you should get out there and watch it. It has got some absolutely brilliant moments of terror in it. Um, but it's also got some really well-balanced humour. Um, the you know some of the characters can come across as unlikable to start with, but you know they do grow on you. And um, MJ Anthony is really really good in this film, and the uh, and Krista Stadler who plays Umi the grandmother is absolutely brilliant in this film. Um, I really really enjoy. I cannot recommend this film enough. Um, it gives the it's got a, you know a fantastic siege narrative. I look. Just watch it. Just watch it, people. It, I really, really enjoyed this. I'm not going to give too much away about it, like I said, uh, because at some point we're going to come back to a lot of these and we're going to cover them in more detail. But, yeah, get yourselves out there. Get yourselves watching it. It is a great, great horror uh, film to watch at Christmas. I love it. I love it. So, what is number one on the Wookiee's all-time Christmas list for horror? Well, quite simply, ladies and gentlemen, for me, and I watch it every single year without delay, and I remember being probably way too young to watch this uh, because it frightened the shit out of me. And it is, of course, Gremlins from 1984. Let's... Let's just enjoy the trailer, ladies and gentlemen. Let's soak up its magnificence. So let's check out that trailer. Steven Spielberg presents Gremlins. Billy Pelser has a nice home. Billy, is that you? Yeah, Mom, it's me. A nice job. A nice girl. If you're not doing anything this Thursday night, maybe you'd like to uh, go out on a date with me. I'd love to. And loving parents who are about to give him... You're going to like this. No, 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 don't shake it. We're going to have to open it now. It won't wait till Christmas. The most unusual gift <laughs> he ever got. What is it? No. It's your new pet. Come on, Barney, be a good dog. My dad gave it to me. But there are a few things to keep in mind. If you expose it to the light, you may hurt it. If you get it wet, it will multiply. All that from water? They got wet? Yeah, plain water. And most important, no matter how much they beg, never, never let them eat after midnight. Because when they do, they change. They become clever, mischievous. What's going on here? And dangerous. Gremlins, huh? Little monsters. Right. Hundreds of them. Well, I, I don't know, maybe thousands. They've been here too. Billy, what are these things? Where did they come from? Look, I know it sounds crazy, I know. But in a few hours, you're gonna have a major disaster on your hands. 
directed by Joe Dante. They'll be expecting you. What can you say about the film, Gremlins? I mean, it is it is a brilliant, it is a classic, it is a classic of cinema. And this film has true pedigree. Um, of course, it was directed by Joe Dante. Um, it was written by Chris Columbus. It was produced by, you know, uh, Kathleen Kennedy, Michael Finn, uh, Finnell, sorry, uh, Frank Marshall, and of course the one and only Mr. Steven Spielberg. Um, the cast in this, you know, it's got Zach Galligan, uh, Phoebe Katz, who I think is absolutely brilliant in this film. It's got Hoyt Axton, it's got Kay Luke, um, Judge Reinhold, Corey Feldman, uh, Dick Miller. I love Dick Miller. I think he's a great, 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 great actor. This is... Um, oh, it's just a brilliant, brilliant film. I mean, you know, this... The the creature effects, you know, even though you know the, the you know the, the puppetry work in this is is second to none, and some people will turn around and say, "Oh, it's you know it's it, it's dated." It's not. It is just it it is incredible. Uh, the you know the the team behind it um, are just just incredible. I mean, you got you know Brent Baker, uh, John Berg, Bill Butterfield, Blair Clark. Right? You know, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people behind it uh, working on the visual effects here. This is, it's a great, great, great film. It's got m- classic moments uh, from, you know, the cinema scene where they're all singing Snow White uh, to the lines of bright light, bright light. You know, everybody knows bright light. Um you know, and everybody knows the rules about not feeding them after midnight, after, you know, not getting them wet, not getting them in sunlight. This is a great film, but also it is a great horror movie. And Joe Dante does a fantastic, fantastic job directing this. Um, I remember being very young watching this. Um, and not only was I laughing, I was terrified you know, one of my all-time favorite scenes in cinema is the, you know, is of course the, the cranky, horrible old woman who's you know stomped into the bank and threatened to have the, uh, um, the uh, Zach Gallagher's dog put down, and you know the gremlins get into her house and play with the chair, and she, you know, uh, and she's played by the wonderful Polly uh, Holiday, um, and she gets catapulted out through that window it's just it's you know and again you know dante is known for his you know his use of cartoon humor um and you know that was something straight out of roadrunner you know the way in which she takes off up those stairs you know but also it's got some absolutely truly terrifying moments um the scene with the mother um in the kitchen where the gremlins have chain you know i've transformed and they're attacking her and she's sticking them in the microwave and the blender and the gore is going out but there is something really quite terrifying about that and the final confrontation um with between spike and uh, gizmo and zach gallagher's character you know it is you know billy it is just it's really edge of my edge of your seat and to this day it still still grips me um but I, you know, Phoebe Cates, uh, her her monologue, 
um, about her father falling down the the chimney um, is just so haunting. Um, and some people complain about it and feel that it does slow the film down. And it, I don't care. I think it is a brilliant slice of horror at Christmas time. Um, so there we go. That's my top five, ladies and gents. Um, let me know what you think on my top five. You can uh, love it, hate it. Let me know what you think. You know, so you know, make sure that you tweet me. Uh, join up on the. You know, make sure you sign up on the Facebook group. Let me know what you think. Interact. Um, obviously, keep it clean. Keep it polite. Um, but yeah, let me know what you think. So, that wraps up my top uh, five uh, Christmas horror movies. Uh, let's dive into uh, what the Wookiee watched. Now, at first, on uh, what the Wookiee watched this week... We're kind of sticking with the Christmassy theme, um, because for me, again, a bit of a Christmas movie. Um, and it's Young Sherlock Holmes from 1985. Let's check out the trailer. I beg of you, begin an investigation. Based on what? Your imagination. It was obviously a suicide. Never trust the obvious one. Uncle didn't kill himself. Before a lifetime of adventure came the adventure of a lifetime. What's your name? Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. There's a girl. Brilliant deduction, Watson. Steven Spielberg presents Young Sherlock Holmes, directed by Barry Levinson. There is a clever murderer on the loose, and I am going to find him. I might get caught, and that would mean trouble. You would let trouble ruin an opportunity for adventure. It's only a hallucination. Maybe not. Oh, my God. They're going to kill her. Stop! She's alive! Before the legend began, That's a great trailer. Um, always remember see, being really young and seeing that. Um, uh, I think I must. What did I see that? I think it was. I, I was definitely in Merthyr Cinema, uh, in the old cinema in the town centre, watching that and just thinking, "Oh my god, I must see this film." Um, I hold this film with some very, very fond memories. Um, it was directed by Barry Levinson. Um, it is based on the characters created by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. And it was written, once again, by the great Chris Columbus. Um, it stars Nicholas Rowe as a young Sherlock Holmes, Alan Cox as John Watson, uh, Sophie Ward as Elizabeth Hardy, Anthony Higgins as Professor Wraith, and Susan Fleetwood as Mrs. Dribb, Freddie Jones as Chester Chag- Cragwich, uh, Neil Stock as Rupert T. Waxflatter, and Roger Aston Griffiths as Detective Sergeant Lestrade. Now... This film, I think, um, kind of... Uh, I don't know what's the best way to put it, really. I think it divides the um, the more classical Sherlock Holmes fan, because uh, obviously it does play around with uh, the history of the characters, etc., and it sort of does throw the sort of... Uh, um, the 
the chronology of the books right out the window. Um, and I think this film does suffer a little bit from that if you are a Holmes fan, because I certainly am a Holmes fan. Um, however, I think this film is a, is a, re- is a real boy's own adventure. However, for me, this has some incredibly strong horror moments in it. Um, the um, the Egyptian cult um, is terrifying, and the scene where the young girl, one uh, a young girl who's been uh, sort of I don't know whether she's been captured. Yeah, yeah, I think she's been captured by the cult. It never it's never really explained. She's just there, um, and she's being mummified, and they pour this this boiling wax on top of her that scalds her, and they're all chanting. Um, and they've all got the the shaved heads with the ponytails on top, and you've got the you know you've got um, the the high priest there in in his full uh, regalia. It is absolutely terrifying, um, and the blowguns that cause the hallucin the hallucinations. Um, is the, those moments are incredibly intense. Um, and it's got, you know, I, I really, really, and you know, I remember it being young and it really resonated with me. Um, a couple of interesting facts about this film. Um, Susan Fleetwood, who plays, uh, Mrs. Dribb, um, and she also has a dual character in the film. Um, she is the sister of um, Mick Fleetwood, uh, the drummer, of course, uh, uh, from uh, Fleetwood Mac. And she, in this film, is she, she terrified me as a child. She absolutely terrified me. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of the things that stands out for me, again, is, you know, is the score um in this film and the music was composed by Bruce uh Broughton and or Broughton sorry um he has done you know he has done films for you know like uh he did Silverado he did the rescuers for Disney um he did a lost in space but we won't sort of you know uh he was just part of the music department on that one you know he's done an awful lot but his um but his work on you is so so strong uh, for me, it echoes John Williams, um, and the, the, the I think David Copperfield actually used uh, some of the music from this film uh, in one of his act, you know, in one of his uh, particular tricks. I think Nicholas Rowe as um, a young Sherlock Holmes is absolutely superb. I think he gives a brilliant performance. So where do I come in on young Sherlock Holmes? Well, I would give this about a six point five. Um, I think my memory is a little bit tinted by nostalgia, um, but however, I think if you are particularly looking to uh, get your younger ones, uh, introduce them slowly and gently into horror. I think this is what this is a good one to do. So, um, it's got that brilliant sort of classic idea of you know the the sort of almost postcard uh, Victorian era. You've got the mist, you've got the snow, you've got London. It's a great, great film. Um, yeah, it's it's a six point five for me. I really, really enjoy it. Is it perfect? No, um, but it's a lot of fun. So uh, for me, it's, I would say rent it. Don't worry about buying it. I think it's uh, I think it's available on uh, it's either Netflix or Amazon Prime. So there we go. Okay, up next we have got 
The Changeling from 1980. Let's check out the trailer. Within this old house live two residents. One of them is John Russell, composer, professor. The other has been dead for over 70 years. Claire, I'd like to talk to you about the house. Did you die in this house? How did you die? Whatever it is, it's trying desperately to communicate. What is it in that house, Claire? What is it doing? Why is it trying to reach me? It's a hand. Okay, um, <laughs> I'm going to be very, very honest right off the bat. Um, I hadn't seen this film in years, and uh, I've reviewed this as a request because it's been on my rewatch list for uh, a fairly long time now. But it's sort of come in as a request from uh, uh, one of our followers, Alt Movie, on uh, Instagram, uh, and I'm so glad that he asked about you know whether or not we could review this one and. Guys, if you want to send in requests for movies um, that you want us to have a look at, please send them in. Um, we'll try and get around to them as many as we possibly can. I, I, you know, so I really appreciate that one because I got to be honest, this film scared the shit out of me. <laughs> um, I was watching this. Uh, I was on my own in the house. It was fairly late. Uh, I was a little bit tired. Um, totally and utterly creeped me out. Um, this is a film uh, directed by Peter Medak. It was written by Russell Hunter based on uh, his story. The screenplay was written by William Gray and Diana Maddox. It stars George C. Scott, Trish uh, Van Devere, uh, Melvin Douglas, Jean Marsh... John uh, Colicus. Now, some of you may remember John Colicus as Balthazar from Battlestar Galactica. And it also stars Barry Morse, Madeline Sherwood, Helen Burns, uh, Francis Highland, Ruth Springfield. It's, got a, it's a really, really good piece. Um, I really enjoyed this. Uh, the scares hold up well. 
Um, it's one of those films that I think you, you you need to be in the right place and the right time to really really enjoy it and get the get the maximum out of it. So um, I bought this on DVD for about three pound. Um, I don't know whether it's streaming anywhere, but if you're going to watch it, guys, turn all the lights off, make yourself nice and cosy, and it'll it'll work. It works really really well. Over the years, people have sort of criticised uh, George C. Scott's performance in this as a little bit sort of uh, over the top, shall we say. Um, I didn't mind his performance. Uh, <laughs> he does a lot of gurning um, throughout it, and he kind of full, you know, and sometimes that can be a little bit distracting. However, um, it works for his role. Um, his wife, obviously, in this film was. Um, playing opposite him, uh, which was uh, Trish van der Veer. Um, and actually, they made eight films together, and uh, this was the eighth. And they, the scenes where those two are together are really, really, uh, are always work. They work really, really well. Um, I've got to say, the opening uh, scene where his family are killed um, is fairly... <laughs> it pulls absolutely no punches. Um, I would come in... For this one, it's about a 7.5. I'd say, you know, uh, rent it. It's well worth it. Or, you know, for £3 on DVD, you cannot go wrong. You know, Christ, I bought, you know, I watch Aquanoids. uh, So this, (laughs) you know, that's still, yeah, that, that, again, I'm here on my own. I'm recording on my own. And I'm having flashbacks just even thinking about it. So, um, you know, it's well, well, well worth it. I really, really enjoyed it. Okay. Now, since it's just me, and since it is the the festive season, um, I thought we'd do something a little bit different. So, this is what we're going to do, guys. I'm going to read to you um, Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas, the original poem. Uh, so, uh, make yourself comfortable, relax, and uh, I hope you enjoy. It was late one fall in Halloween land, and the air had quite a chill. Against the moon a skeleton sat, alone upon a hill. He was tall and thin with a bat bow tie, Jack Skellington was his name. He was tired and bored in Halloween land. I'm sick of scaring the terror of the fright. I'm tired of being something that goes bump in the night. I'm bored with leering my horrible glances, and my feet hurt from dancing those Skellington dances. I don't like graveyards, and I need something new. There must be more to life than just yelling, Boo! Then out from a grave with a curl and a twist came a whimpering, whining, spectral mist. It was a little ghost dog with a faint little bark and a jack-o'-lantern nose that glowed in the dark. It was Jack's dog Zero, the best friend he had, but Jack hardly noticed, which made Zero sad. All night and through the next day, Jack wandered and walked. He was filled with dismay. Then deep in the forest, just before night, Jack came upon an amazing sight. Not twenty feet from the spot where he stood were three massive doorways carved in wood. He stood before them completely in awe, his gaze transfixed by one special door. Entranced and excited with a slight sense of worry, Jack opened the door to a white, windy flurry. 
Jack didn't know it, but he'd fallen down in the middle of a place called Christmas Town. Immersed in light, Jack was no longer haunted. He had finally found the feeling he wanted, and so that his friends wouldn't think him a liar, he took the present-filled stockings that hung by the fire. He took candy and toys that were stacked on the shelves, and a picture of Santa with all of his elves. He took lights and ornaments and the star from the tree, and from the Christmas Town sign he took the big C. He picked up everything that sparkled or glowed. He even picked up a handful of snow. He grabbed it all, and without being seen, he took it all back to Halloween. Back in Halloween, a group of Jack's peers stared in amazement at his Christmas souvenirs. For this wondrous vision, none were prepared. Most were excited, though a few were scared. For the next few days, while it lightning and thundered, Jack sat alone and obsessively wondered... Why is it they get to spread laughter and cheer while we stalk the graveyard spreading panic and fear? Well, I could be Santa and I could spread cheer. Why does he get to do it year after year? Outraged by injustice, Jack thought and he thought. Then he got an idea. Yes, yes, why not? In Christmas town, Santa was making some toys when through the din he heard a soft noise. He answered the door, and to his surprise, he saw weird little creatures in strange disguise. They were altogether ugly and rather petite, and as they opened their sacks, they yelled, Trick or treat! Then a confused Santa was shoved into a sack, and then taken to Halloween to see Mastermind Jack. In Halloween, everyone gathered once more, for they'd never seen a Santa before. And as they cautiously gazed at this strange old man, Jack related to Santa his masterful plan. My dear Mr. Claus, I think it's a crime that you've got to be Santa all of the time. But now I will give presents and I will spread cheer. We're changing places. I'm Santa this year. It is I who will say Merry Christmas to you, so you may lie in my coffin, creak doors and yell boo. And please, Mr. Claus, don't think ill of my plan, for I'll do the best Santa job that I can. And though Jack and his friends thought they'd do a good job, their idea of Christmas was still quite macabre. They packed up and readied, and on Christmas Eve day, when Jack hitched his reindeer to his sleek coffin sleigh. But on Christmas Eve, as they were about to begin, a Halloween fog slowly rolled in. Jack said, we can't leave, this fog is too thick. There will be no Christmas and I can't be Saint Nick. Then a small glowing light pierced through the fog. What could it be? It was Zero, Jack's dog. Jack said, Zero, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? And to be so needed was Zero's great dream, so he joyously flew to the head of the team, and as the skeletal sleigh started its ghostly flight, Jack cackled, Merry Christmas to all and all a good night. "'Twas the nightmare before Christmas, and all through the house "'not a creature was peaceful, not even a mouse. "'The stockings all hung by the chimney with care, "'when open that morning would cause quite a scare. "'The children all nestled so snug in their beds "'would have nightmares of monsters and skeleton heads. "'The moon that hung over the new-fallen snow "'cast an eerie pale over the city below, "'and Santa Claus laughter now sounded like groans, "'and the jingling bells like chattering bones. "'And what to their wondering eyes? 
they should appear but a coughing sleigh with skeleton deer and a skeletal driver so ugly and sick they knew in a moment that can't be St. Nick! From house to house with the true sense of joy Jack happily issued presents and toy from rooftop to rooftop he jumped and he skipped leaving presents that seemed to be straight from a crypt and aware that the world was in panic and fear Jack merrily spread his own brand of cheer he visited the house of Susie and Dave they got a Gumby and Pokey from the grave. Then on to the home of little Jane Neiman. She got a baby doll possessed by a demon. A monstrous train with tentacle tracks. A ghoulish puppet wielding an axe. A man-eating plant disguised as a wreath. And a vampire teddy bear with very sharp teeth. There were screams of terror, but Jack didn't hear it. He was much too involved with his own Christmas spirit. Jack finally looked down from his dark, starry frights and saw the commotion, the noise and the light. Why, they're celebrating! It looks like such fun! They're thanking me for the good job that I've done. But what he thought were fireworks meant as goodwill were bullets and missiles intended to kill. Then amidst the barrage of artillery fire, Jack urged Zero to go higher and higher, and away they all flew like the storm of a thistle, until they were hit by a well-guided missile. And as they fell on the cemetery, way out of sight, was heard Merry Christmas to all and all good night. Jack pulled himself up on a large stone cross, and from there he reviewed his incredible loss. I thought I could be sent. I had such belief. Jack was confused and filled with great grief. Not knowing where to turn, he looked toward the sky. Then he slumped on the grave and started to cry. And as Zero and Jack lay crumpled on the ground, they heard a familiar sound. My dear Jack, said Santa, I applaud your intent. I know wreaking such havoc was not what you meant, and so you were sad and feeling quite blue. But taking over Christmas was the wrong thing to do. I hope you realise Halloween's the right place for you. There's a lot more, Jack, that I'd like to say, but now I must hurry, for it's almost Christmas Day. Then he jumped in his sleigh, and with a wink of an eye, he said, Merry Christmas, and he bid them goodbye. Back home, Jack was sad, but then, like a dream, Santa brought Christmas to the land of Halloween. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed that. I absolutely loved reading that to you. Um, and if I bored you, well, I'm sorry, but I, I, I enjoyed it, so there we go. Um... One of the things I'd like to say is to everybody who has taken part in the show, um, I can honestly say it's uh, it's it, it, I love doing this this podcast, um, and obviously Christmas becomes quite a reflective time for everybody. Um, and there's a number of people that I want to thank. Uh, first of all, I want to thank my amazing, brilliant, beautiful wife for all the support that she gives me, um, and encouraging me. I'm putting up with me for more <laughs> and my nerdiness. So I'm very, very lucky. So um so so Louise, thank you very, very much. Um also the show has allowed me to reconnect with some old friends. Um it's put me in touch with new friends. Um and like I do every week I want to give shout outs to everybody. But I think uh what I'm gonna say on this episode is uh, have a blessed Yule, have a very very merry Christmas, and the uh, Dolly So, in the immortal words of Count Dracula, good night out there.
whatever you are.